0: So a couple of weeks ago, I think it was Loretta had a word of knowledge uh, about pain in the shoulder. And I had been having a lot of pain uh, in my shoulder, and my whole arm would go numb. And actually, it would go down my, my back, too, in my lower back. Um, and so I came up and responded to to the word of the Lord. And the, the healing team began to pray for me. And at first, nothing really happened. Um but then they, they just continued to pray and actually at one point Reuben had uh come and, and just started to bless me, which was interesting because I, I had seen that I, I felt like for a while that Reuben was supposed to bless me. And when he did that, my arm just popped, my my whole shoulder popped. Everyone that was actually praying uh felt it and heard it. And uh my my back pain is gone. Once in a while, I do have a little numbness, um, so I'm claiming that it's going to go, too. But I just thought it was really interesting how uh, when Reuben began to bless him, because that was something that I felt like I was supposed to have him do, and I didn't. I didn't obey, really. <laughs> But God put me in a situation where it happened anyway. And that response uh, to the word of the Lord is when that blessing came and and that pop. And I, I also, when Pastor asked me to share this, I just felt led that uh, the Lord was just showing me that even in our physical bodies in this season, he's going to make them a prophetic sign. Just like that that uh, shoulder popped into place, I feel like the Lord's going to uh, show us things through our, our physical healings. Uh, not only here, but in the marketplace, that's actually going to be a prophetic sign of what he's doing in this season, that things are going to begin to pop into place. And and uh, just, just because we respond to the word of the Lord, is, when we respond to the word of the Lord, that's when the blessing comes. And I just feel like the Lord's just releasing that over us. So uh, I just bless you. I pray that you'd receive that. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is good and His mercy endures how long? That's not, just not for the church service. The Lord is good and, and His mercy endures forever until the church service is over. The Lord is good and His mercy endures forever just for Sunday. No, it says the Lord is good and His mercy endures Forever. How many of you know that uh, besides being called Christians, we're also called believers? You know, we've got to get rid of unbelie. We've got to get rid of our attitudes of being unbelieving believers. We are to be believing believers. Amen. So uh, i I have. Uh, I want to start out with. Uh, a scripture in Second Timothy chapter 3. It's a familiar scripture. You know, I shouldn't say that because I, I remember years ago, uh, I would uh, say this, I would say, uh, let's turn to this scripture. It's for, for, uh, a familiar scripture and you all know it. And a woman uh, talked to me later and she says, you think everybody knows it, but some of us don't. And so, because I was saying like John 3.16, everybody, everybody knows John 3.16. No, everybody doesn't know John 3.16. What is John 3.16? It's, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now, if you want to make that personal, just put your own name in there. For God so loved, insert your name, for God so loved Stephen that he gave his only begotten son That if Stephen would believe, he wouldn't perish, but have, that Stephen would have everlasting life. You put your name in it. Make the word of God personal for your life. And so in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I want to begin in um, uh, verse uh, verse 14, this is Paul writing to Timothy. Timothy is a son in the faith. But Timothy uh, had been traveling with Paul for a number of years, and then Timothy actually became the pastor of the city of Ephesus, and so Paul is writing him a letter and to, uh, and encouraging him in uh, in that ministry. And you're all familiar <laughs> you're all familiar with Second Timothy chapter one. You know where it says, "For God has not given you the spirit of fear." He's speaking to a pastor and encouraging him, and says, "God has not given you the spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind." How many of you know that pastors are people too? And so, uh, pastors also need to be encouraged that God's not given them the spirit of fear, but a power and love and sound mind. So, if pastors needed. How many of you know? all of us can use it too. And so he's speaking to Timothy here in verse 14 and he says, "But you must continue in the things which you have learned and the things uh you but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of knowing from 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 whom you have learned them and that from a childhood you have known the holy scriptures" Which, uh, which are able to make you wise. Turn to somebody and say, you need wisdom. You know, a lot of us, uh, a lot of us, yeah, and we know that uh, James 1 says, uh, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And so we think we can pray a prayer and wisdom is just going to be imparted, which I believe God will do that. But here we see that wisdom also comes from knowing the Scripture. You know, I've, uh, I've, I've been reading the scriptures, actually, I started reading the scriptures when I was in the Navy. They would, uh, w- and that's back in the 70s. So I've been reading the scriptures from the 70s, they gave me a little Bible, and so I would read that Bible, and I had a, and I, and I would, you know, you have a lot of, you don't have a lot of free time. But you have free time, and so might as well read something. So I'd read the scriptures, and uh, and I, my first job after I got out of the navy, I was um, I worked at a medical school in the engineering department where the heating where they, where the heating and cooling was for this uh, medical uh, school, and so I had a night shift, and my boss told me he says. I don't care what you do during during your watch. You go make make your rounds every hour, and the rest of the time you can do whatever you want, but just don't sleep. I mean, you know, that's tough. That is tough at night. So anyway, uh, I would go make my rounds which only took me 15 minutes, so I had 45 minutes of free time. And so I read my Bible. Read my Bible, read books, that sort of thing, and uh, so the rest is history and I found out that when i when i 'm in the Word, when i 'm studying the scripture, when i 'm allowing God to speak to me through the Word, the wisdom comes a lot easier you know uh, if 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 I would neglect the Word for any period of time, or if I would neglect prayer for any, any period of time, you know, things, my spiritual life would become dull. I'm telling you this for a reason. Because I believe some Christians will only, will only exercise uh, prayer, they'll only exercise getting into the Word and other Christian disciplines only when they feel the need for it. Well, I believe we all need it all the time. So, but going on with the scripture, he says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, uh, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. That the man of God, the woman of God, the the, the believer may be thoroughly equipped. May be thoroughly equipped. In other words, you want to be fully equipped when you face life. You know, God never promised us that once you become a Christian, all your problems go away. He never promised us that all our problems would go away, but he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He always promised that he would be with us. He always promised us that he would help us. He always promised us that we would triumph in what we would face. I think, I think sometimes we just think everything's automatic. You know, I've gotten to work, you know, we used to, and we still use the microwave, but You know, we'd use the microwave for everything. You know, just for reheating. But you know, we read that the microwave's not good for, you know, and that sort of thing. So now what I'll do is I won't use the microwave. I will put it in a pan and actually heat it up. And I found out it really doesn't take that much longer. It just doesn't take that much longer. And so sometimes we just need to take the time to do things that will, that will help us. Amen. Well, I'm going to read you something. I, I don't know the fella's name. I didn't watch the football game. I'm going to read you an article. It's not about the Eagles. Fight, Eagles fight. You know, we, we're, we're glad that they, they, they got it. I have to mention it because my Goomba back there is, uh, Joe knows what that means, <laughs> is wearing his Eagles outfit. I was thinking, man, I wasn't expecting Joe today, but then once I saw his hat and I saw his T-shirt, you know, and Donna has on the Eagles jacket, I'm like, oh, no wonder, they're gloating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're rubbing it in. Anyway, so I want to read you this article that uh, I don't know if ESPN did or whoever, and I'm not an ESPN fan, but it so glorified God and it so teaches us, teaches us believers' lessons, I think that should break mindsets. And I can't even pronounce this guy's name. It was uh, the national championship for college. It was uh, Alabama against the Georgia Bulldogs. And in the first half, at the, by the end of the first half, the Georgia Bulldogs were ahead by 13 points. And so the coach made a decision to put in his freshman quarterback. The, the Alabama team made a decision to put in their freshman quarterback. Not a senior, not a junior, but a freshman quarterback and he scored three touchdowns, he threw one interception, but he scored three touchdowns and they won the game. And so he went from a freshman quarterback that nobody knew to being exalted on the national stage. And it also deals with, with what I want to say, it also deals with one of our core values, which is influence. Influence. I think that God gave him a platform of influence so that he could glorify the Lord. So here it is. I'll just call him the quarterback instead of mentioning his name. He's from Hawaii, I think. But it says the quarterback burst onto the national stage with an incredible second half performance during the Alabama overtime victory against Georgia on Monday night at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the quarterback completed 14 of 24 of 24 passes for 166 yards, three touchdowns and one interception to lead the Crimson Tide back from a thir- from 213 point deficits during Alabama's 26-23 win. To cap off his performance, the quarterback threw a game-winning touchdown, a 41-yard touchdown pass to Devon Smith, to silence the pro Georgia crowd in Atlanta. <laughs> Not surprisingly, the freshman received lots of attention after the Crimson Tide claimed another national title. Yahoo Sports um, Pat Ford spoke to the quarterback and unearthed this fascinating nugget: the player spoke in tongues to keep calm during a high-pressure second half against the Bulldogs. It says, How in the name of Bear Bryant did a freshman bench jockey, a bench jockey, rise to this ridiculous pressurized occasion and become an instant hero? The quarterback said, I was praying. I was speaking in tongues. It kept me calm. He prayed before possession He prayed after possession. He prayed and passed and scrambled his way into Alabama love. I would say my poise comes from my face, the quarterback said. I just pray for peace. He might pray for peace, but the quarterback unleashed mayhem on the final play of Monday night. Hallelujah. You know, as I was thinking about that this morning, I thought, you know, how many of you are too busy to pray? How many of you, I just don't have time to pray. I'm too busy to pray. Well, this guy's in the middle of a national championship. He was was on the bench. He was pulled up and he's leading his team to a victory. You would think he doesn't have time to pray. (laughs) He's praying the whole time. Now, he could have just kept quiet. You know, out of the thousands of fans that were there and the millions that were watching on TV, nobody knew he was praying. Nobody knew he was speaking in tongues. But the reality is he was praying. He wasn't praying for them. He was praying to God. And so God gave him a peace. He said, well, it was God for Alabama. No, this guy was connecting into the power. He was connecting into receiving what God had for him. He said, well didn't god didn't God help other players? Were they praying?" Yeah, just a thought Maybe not. You know we I don't know. you know, maybe he connected he got the right chord, but anyway. And you know, I, I've got hundreds of stories I could tell you, but you know, let me just go, let me just uh, give you a scriptural basis. You know, going back to the, pre, to the previous scripture, it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Well, you know, it's not just profitable for head knowledge. We're not just talking about getting a bunch of information and impressing people with our ability to spout Scripture. No, the idea of the Scriptures is so that you can receive strength and comfort, but also to do what it says. Now, we're primarily talking about the New Testament. You know that Jesus Jesus fulfilled all the law. A lot of times... uh, A lot of times people think that when we talk about doing the word, James says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, we're supposed to do the Ten Commandments. Well, Jesus said this, if you love God and love your neighbor as yourself, you fulfill all the law. You don't have to worry about going to the law to see if you miss something. If you love your neighbor, you're not going to steal from them. If you love your neighbor, you're not going to lie about them. If you love your neighbor, you're not going to commit adultery. If you love your neighbor, you're going to do what's necessary for their benefit. Well, I just don't want to talk about people, but. You need to get rid of your butt and go back to the law of love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So anyway, let's talk about this, uh, this, this uh, the quarterback said he kept calm by praying, praying in tongues. Well, let's just look at some scriptures. It's amazing how much we can find in the Old Testament that relates to the New Testament. He says in Isaiah 11, he says, For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, to whom he said, this is the rest. Some people say, oh, I'm just tired all the time. Well, this is the rest. This is the rest. I'm just too tired. I'm too tired to pray. Well, this is the rest. I'm too busy to pray. This is the rest. This is the rest. With which you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. refreshing. Any of you need to be refreshed? Any of you, any of you need, you know, I just, uh, I just love it when I worked outside, especially in the summer. I don't sweat now, you know. I was actually out running my chainsaw yesterday. <laughs> Didn't sweat too much yesterday, but you know, in the summertime, you're working out, you know, you're, you're working out, and it's hot, and you know, you're perspiring. You get, all, you get all dirty from the dust. I just love to come in and take that shower. Why? Because it's so refreshing. I think we ought to love the refreshing. I think we need to do whatever it takes to get back into the refreshing, But you know what? There's an interesting statement at the end of this beautiful verse. It says, but they would not hear. They would not hear. In other words, they wouldn't wouldn't do what was required. That's why James said to be doers of the word and not just hearers only. This is the rest. It is amazing how many times you you'll talk with people and instruct them in what the word says, but, but they have the but. But this, but that, but this, but that. We've got to get rid of the but and go back to what God says. God is not, God is only trying to get rid of God is only trying to remove from your life that which is killing you. My Bible says, if God be for you, who can be against you? If he's for you, he's not doing things to sabotage you. It is counterproductive for God to sabotage you. Sabotage? Sabotage. (laughs) It is counterproductive for God to ridicule you. He can't ridicule you because the scripture says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. He is not ever going to bring condemnation to your life because he is the one that removes it through Christ Jesus. He removes it. Then I love the, I love the next part of that scripture. It says, for the law of the spirit of life. God doesn't give you the spirit of death. He gives you the law of the spirit of life. And Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. What is the law of sin and death? It remi- the law of sin and death brings to remembrance your Failures. Well, instead of focusing on my failures, I need to realize the success that Christ did for me. Christ did for you. You know, you're, you're not who you think you are. If you think, you're, you're, if you think that you're unworthy, Christ made you worthy. If you think that you're weak and can't do it, Christ says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. If you think you can't, you know, even Henry Ford said, if you think you can't, you're right. (laughs) But if you think you can, you're right. Well, I tried it and it failed. You know, it took me four times to pass my driver's license. (laughs) How many take you, Joy? (laughs) You know, we, those, those Missouri State Troopers, and then where we had to take it, it was real busy traffic, and you had to make a left hand turn, oh, it was just terrible. Well, I tricked them, though. You know, I didn't even have, I didn't even have my license when I went in the Navy. So, I didn't need a car anyway, but, uh. The last time I went I had my my uh, my navy whites on. I was dressed in my uniform. <laughs> you know what, man, they passed me with flying colors. <laughs> Hallelujah. Flaunt it when you can, you know. Just because you fail once, just because it doesn't work once, doesn't mean that it's over. How many of you ever played baseball? You ever strike out? Did you quit playing the game because you struck out? No, you waited until your next turn. There you go. Struck out the first time, hit a home run the second time. Doesn't matter. So don't quit. You know, don't don't label yourself by your failures. Label yourself by who God says you are. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Well, for another scripture that I think is familiar. Isaiah chapter 40. You know, I, I'm reading through the book of Isaiah now, and it just amazes me. You know, through that book of Isaiah, God is declaring who he is. The statement, almost every chapter, not all of them, but a lot of the chapters, God is declaring who he is. He says, I am the Lord, and there is no other besides me. He is constantly rehearsing that he is the creator. He's the creator. And this is just a great chapter, but we don't have time to read it all. But in Isaiah 40 verse 28, he says, have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth? I I thought about that before creator, you know, did, did God uh, take that hat off? Well, I've created everything. So I just take that hat off and put it away. No, God's still creator. If you need something that is not available, He's still creator. He can make a way, He can open doors, He can create whatever you need. He hasn't hung up His creator hat, He's still creator. You Do not smile at me because I don't smile at you? <laughs> just, just a thought. It just came to me. He says, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. I want to go back to that thought of the of the quarterback at the Alabama game, the freshman quarterback, the bench jockey, who was brought in in the second half. He was perfectly calm. You know, you don't step into that kind of stage without having some kind of fear and trepidation unless you've got something in you. And so he exercised his gift to be able to bring calm in the hour of need he gives power to the weak you know there's some things i'm pretty good at but there's some things i just desperately need help i just desperately need help how about you thank you lord he gives power to to the weak and to those who have no might he increases strength. So even if you have some strength he can increase whatever you have. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall except for this quarterback because he exercised something that God had placed within him and because of that he had he didn't faint he didn't become weary he was probably energized to do what he had to do in the hour of need. He says, but to those who wait on the Lord, but to those who wait on the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk. And not faint. And as I was reading that, a thought came to me. Actually, it was a a thought for a, a message, but I want to share it with you today. Grace does not replace Christian discipline. A lot of times we, well... It's great, you know, it's God's grace. It's God's grace. Yes, God's grace, but God, really the reality is, is God's grace is grace is God's empowerment for you to do what He's called you to do. Well, it's God's grace. I don't need to read the Bible. Well, it's God's grace. I don't need to do it. God, no, God's grace empowers you to do it. God's grace empowers us. So the grace doesn't remove the need for my for my need for Christian discipline. Well, what, just to name a few, Christian discipline. We already talked about prayer. And I was thinking about this this morning so, uh, during worship, so I, I might as well just spout it out. God said, "I would that men." How do you spell that? M E N. I want every man to raise their hand. All right. How do you spell men? Well, keep your hands up. Now drop the last letter and spell it. <laughs> yeah, me. Me. I would that men, me, I would, I would. God. Paul is saying, and God, God through Paul is saying, "I would that men and you say me would pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath." In other words, we get rid of our uh, we get rid of our resentment, we get rid of our anger, we get rid of those things before we come to God in prayer. We get rid of them without wrath and doubting. Without wrath and doubting, what, you know, without wrath and doubting. So we choose, you say, well, you know, it's hard for me not to doubt. Well, just tell yourself I'm a believer. You know, the person you believe the most is you. You believe yourself more than you believe me. Because I found out a lot of times in my years of preaching, not so much anymore, used to be back in the kind of like word of faith days, that people would come up to me and critique me after I'm done preaching. I remember, uh, I won't mention the the name, but um, somebody, uh, people would come up to me, this was back in the early 80s. And they would say, well, this preacher, brother so-and-so doesn't preach that way. So, in other words, I was wrong because brother so-and-so didn't preach that way. So, they, so every time I would preach, I'm being critiqued, I'm being analyzed. You know what? It doesn't bother me as much anymore I'll say as much because I used to say I said one time uh, (laughs) you gotta watch what you say I was talking to a fellow one time and I said you know it just doesn't bother me anymore when people get upset with me well guess what happened after that people started getting upset with me I thought well this isn't fun this isn't fun, so watch what you say. But, so that's why I said it, you know, doesn't bother me as much because <laughs> I don't want to be tested on it. Thank you, Jesus. So those that wait upon the Lord. In other words, and some people say, well, that's the Old Testament. We don't need to wait on God anymore. Lots of luck. <laughs> Lots of luck. You know, even preachers sometimes uh, get out of the habit of prayer. I remember hearing this story years ago. These two preachers' wives were were together, and they were mending their husband's pants. And the one lady said to the other, she says, I don't understand why your husband's church is so much more successful than my husband's church. And she says, Well, what are you mending on your husband's pants? She says, His his seat. She says, Well, I'm mending my husband's knees. (laughs) Just the thought. Just a thought. You know, as we're talking, and I'm not doing this to boast or anything, because uh, a number of years ago, a bishop was talking about having members in CI pray, pray in tongues for an hour. They were doing it in, in, in Florida. So I thought, well, if they can do it, I can do it. Well, I started, and I haven't quit. You know, Monday through Friday, you know, I'm always doing it anyway. I don't, I don't get out in public and start praying in tongues. You know, People think I'm weird enough already. But I found out, and uh, I found out from reading the Scripture, it says, you, beloved, building up yourselves. Building up yourselves. You feel like you, feel like you need to be built up every now and then? But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Actually, I, you know, I, I was, um, I like um, the King James on this. He says, "Praying in the Holy Ghost." But some people get don't understand that, so they get a little weird. But you, beloved, building up yourselves. A lot of people are just waiting for somebody else to pump them up. A lot of people, you know what? Sometimes you're just by yourself and you need to, you know, I, uh, I ride bicycle occasionally now. But uh, I remember, I remember times getting flats And I just don't ride around the block. You know, I used to ride my bicycle from Millersburg down to the Clarks Ferry Bridge and back. And then sometimes I'd ride down to the Clarks Ferry Bridge, cross over the Clarks Ferry Bridge, ride up the river until I got to the ferry landing and rode it back. Well, you know, if you get a flat, you know, you got to pump yourself up. you got to pump yourself up. And so, you know, when you're, when you're out in the middle of nowhere, you don't have any, you don't have any help. You've got to learn to pump yourself up. Now, I'm not saying we don't need each other, but the reality is that sometimes you've got you've to take some responsibility yourself. Pump it up. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Spirit. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall... Wings as eagles. <laughs> they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I want us to go to uh, Acts chapter 13 and verse 1 for those of you that have your cell phone apps and for those of you that have your Bibles. It says, now in the church that was in Antioch, there, cert- there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas Simon, who was called Niger, Luke, uh Lucius si- uh, of Cyrene, uh, man who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. Now, before we go on, I want to point out this one particular person. He was raised with Herod. Who is Herod? Herod was the king. Now this is the son. This is the son of the Herod that had the babies killed. But he was raised in he was raised among royalty. So let me just say this the hand of God is able to reach into any sphere. God is not limited. God's just, some people say, well, God's just interested in the poor. Well, the reality is, is God is interested in everybody. For God so loved, it doesn't say for God so loved the poor. It says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So somehow the gospel was, was able to reach into this palace of royalty and, and ca- captured this man's soul. Goes on to say, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. That must, be, that must be an old translation. They probably cut that out. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, those that wait upon the Lord... Shall renew their strength, as they as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Spirit said, "Lord, give me a word, give me a word. I can't hear you, Lord. We'll quit watching Netflix for a day or two. Quit, quit listening to CNN every once in a while. You know you can't hear the word of the Lord. Well, I, I can't. I shouldn't say that." you might hear the word of the Lord. I'm surprised at how many people watch certain things and they hear the word of the Lord. But these people were ministering to the Lord and fasting, and the Holy Spirit said, now separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work which I have called them, then then having fasted. So they heard God, and then they fasted and prayed again. We don't know how long, for what reason, but they did it again. And so, so they laid hands on them and sent them away. I, I, I wanted to look up that word ministered in the Greek. So I have a uh, W. W.E. Vine's Expository Dictionary of Greek New Testament words. So I looked it up in there, and this is what that word means. It signifies being a servant, In other words, they weren't telling God what to do, they were asking God what to do. Signifies being a servant, an attendant to, uh, it means to serve, it means to wait upon. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Well, Lord, I've been, well, Lord, I've been waiting all this time I don't understand why you're not moving. He's not talking about you sitting down and waiting. He's talking about you ministering to the Lord and so that he will be able to speak to you. Now, I'm not talking about a fast food restaurant, but how many of you gone into a restaurant and, you, and you're seated? What's the next person you're waiting to see? A waiter. Waiter, does the waiter come down and sit at the table with you? And the food appears? No, the waiter takes your order. The waiter. Those that wait upon the Lord, they're waiting for the order. Those that wait upon the Lord. So the waiter takes your order and goes, somebody's already preparing it. And then the waiter brings it out and serves you. And then after you eat a while, they come back and ask you, is everything all right? Do you have everything you need? You know, they they are there to serve you. So as we are ministering to the Lord, as we're waiting upon the Lord, then he responds, what do you do at the end of your meal after you get the check? You pay up. So after you've waited upon the Lord, you're not buying God's favor. I'm not saying that, but after you've waited upon the Lord, He is eager to give back to you. He is eager. God is not stingy. You you've heard this before. You can't outgive God. God is a liberal giver. He does exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. What is this? What is this all about? I actually wanted. I'll just make this. I had a couple other scriptural references. I wanted to talk about, this isn't about talking about a gift. This is talking about the giver of the gift. This is talking about, you know, the Holy Spirit said. This is about an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, not one that we just, that, it's not like uh, the bat phone. Anybody remember uh, watching Batman, the first Batman? They didn't have that light that shined up in the sky. It was a bat phone. You know, the only time you pick up the bat phone was when you had trouble. So we're not talking about picking up the God phone just when we have trouble. No, this is a communion, a fellowship, a love relationship with our Heavenly Father. What did this this gift do in this quarterback? It brought influence. I personally believe, not that we flaunt this in front of people, but as we exercise the gifts that God gives us, he puts us on a platform that will, that will magnify and give influence, not just for ourselves, but for the kingdom of God. For the kingdom of God. The freshman quarterback from Alabama received a platform of influence because he received a calming as he prayed in the spirit. Well, what he did was he used what he had. There's a a phrase that uh, that we've heard in the past. It's called use it or lose it. Now, we know with God, you know, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. What's that mean? It means he doesn't take the gifts away. He doesn't take the gifts away. But if, you, if you're not using the gift, if you're not using the gift, then we lose contact with the gift. We, 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 we lose the sharpness. What do you mean sharpness? Well, the more I do, the better I hear. The more I'm in relationship with the Father, the better I hear. But you know, it's not just about hearing either. It's about doing. The Holy Spirit said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work. Oh, well, that, that's not Grace. That's works. What's funny, the Holy Spirit said it. (laughs) Separate Barnabas and Saul for the work that I've called them to. So God speaks. He releases you into work that he empowers you to do. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. It doesn't matter what your platform is. God is always wanting to use you to, to... Shine the kingdom of God. If, even if it's just showing what God has done in your life. You know, uh, I, was a, I was a sailor, but I was kind of more of a, a refined sailor. Not that I was perfect. Because I still think of some of the things I say said and shudder. It's shudder. But you know what? I don't, you know, I'm not going to do it. But God has transformed my life. If you knew me then, I'm still a nice guy. But there's a major difference between me then and me now. Well, even, even when we moved to Millersburg... Remember the storefront, Donna? I remember the first time Donna came to church. She said, I don't know why I'm here, but the 700 Club sent me. <laughs> anyway, so. <laughs> God will even take your life. Oh, yeah, I was going to. T- Tell you about the, the storefront church. I was so beat up and wounded from my last church. Boy, when I went to my first church, man, I was the man of faith and power. I was going to change the world. I was, man, look out, world, here I come. By the time I left that church two years later, I was the man of paste and powder. <laughs> I was. I was looking to crawl under a rock. I was, you know, I was just. So what I would do is I would preach. And then when I was done, I'd go stand over against the wall. I didn't want to talk to anybody. Didn't want to talk to anybody. So Melody had to be the PR person. She was the public relations person. So transformation has come into my life. Hallelujah. And part of and that a lot of it was because of things the Lord said to me. I remember through prayer, just saying things. You know, uh, where is Loretta in here? she There you go. I remember I would get up and I would preach. And people would come up to me after the service and say, were you outside our bedroom window last night? I said, no way, man. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not outside your bedroom. Some people would come out and say, you spoke on the very things we said. Well, the Holy Ghost hears. I mean, isn't the Holy Spirit with you? All the Holy Spirit did was just relate to me what other people were saying. I remember I was ready. I was so fed up. I was ready to leave the ministry. I was out of here. I'm done. I've taken enough abuse. I've been beat up enough. This is it. I'm out of here. Well, a friend of mine, a pastor friend of mine said, Hey, would you come to a prophetic meeting in State College? sure then another then uh i went to another prophetic meeting down in carlisle and there there were one right after i left the one prophetic meeting went to the next so i remember the first one you know was a pretty accurate prophetic word but hey i'd already made up my mind i'm out of here sorry dudes i'm out So then we drove from Carlisle up to State College, and I'm (laughs) complaining. I'm complaining. I'll just spit it out. I was complaining to Melody. I was saying, how did I get in this mess anyway? And who's going to take over when I leave? And yada, 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 yada. You know how long it takes to get from Carlisle to State College? So anyway, I went into this meeting. It's a lot of college students, and I was young back then. So I just wore jeans and a T-shirt. I just wanted to blend in. I didn't want to stick out. I didn't want nothing. I just dressed real casual. And so this, uh, this prophet calls me up. I don't know him. I've never seen him before, never seen him again in my life. And he starts out by question no longer Am I called of the Lord? And then he starts rehearsing <laughs> word for word what I said in the car. <laughs> well that first that first one in Carlisle was pretty accurate, but Melody said, Wasn't that wonderful? I said, Oh, that was so general. He was describing how me being in the Navy and how, (laughs) I said, oh, that's so general, it could apply to anybody. (laughs) Why? Because I was out of here. Not just here, I just done. And then just get this, and I couldn't say, well, that was general. It was word for word. Well, how do you know that stuff? Did he read minds? Was he a psychic? No, he had the Spirit of God. I believe that as as we minister to the Lord, as as we open ourselves up to that, you know, and the Holy Spirit is just not in the big things. He will talk to you about little things. If you will open up your heart, if you will... If you will take time with him, he will, he will instruct you in even the very minute things, even the very small things. Thank you, Jesus. He says here in Acts chapter 10, verse 44. He says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. How dare the Holy Spirit interrupt my preaching? How dare the Holy Spirit interrupt my preaching? I say, come on, Holy Spirit, interrupt any time. The Holy Spirit fell. We know that Peter was preaching to Gentiles. Peter didn't even believe the Gentiles could be saved. But through acts of the Holy Spirit, he was led there. So while Peter was yet speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on those who heard the word. You know, we just think that people are just going to come to Christ just because they're supposed to. People need to hear God's word. It said, And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. We're talking about influence. Influence. When the Holy Spirit came upon them besides the besides the personal gift of speaking in tongues they started magnifying God same thing in Acts chapter 2 they heard them magnify God a, far, a familiar well not a familiar uh some Psalm 34, verse 3, it says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I found out that when I begin to magnify the Lord, the Lord begins to magnify or lift me up. And it's not just for the sake of lifting me up. He wants to bring transformation. He wants to bring transformation. I don't have time for the Scripture, but in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, it says, we are being transformed from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of God. So as we will yield ourselves to that, to that Holy Spirit, to the Holy Spirit in that personal relationship with Him, we are being transformed. Have you ever, has anybody asked you what's happened to you? Has anybody asked you what's different about you? What's different about you? Well, I encourage you as you get into your private time that you begin to exercise this, that you begin to get in relationship with him, that you begin to get in this, you know, some, some people might feel uncomfortable with this, but if, as you get into this love affair with God, with the Holy Spirit, that he begins to transform you, it begins to bring change into your life that you're not even aware of. You might not even be aware of it, but other people will start to know it. Some people say, I don't want God messing with my life. He might make me weird. Instead of saying, instead of singing, he has made me glad, you're you're thinking, he has made me weird. He has made me weird. (laughs) Now, he hasn't made you weird. Those that have turned the world upside down have come here also. No, they were turning the world upside. They were turning the world right side up. Right side up. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Heavenly Father, we just thank you today in the name of Jesus for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we, just, we, we are not magnifying the gift. We are magnifying the giver. We are magnifying. We want to be those that wait upon the Lord and renew our strength. We want to be those that wait upon you. We want to be those, Lord God, that will be empowered by The Holy Spirit, we want to run and not be weary. We want to walk and not faint. I just decree right now in the name of Jesus that the Lord is going to bring transformation, even gradual transformation in your life. And there's people are going to say, what's different about you? Can you tell me what's happened to you? I want to know. So Father, even right now in the name of Jesus, we just begin to, we begin to pray even for loved ones, Father God, that are just not quite sure about this relationship with you. We pray, Father God, that they would see a transformation in our lives that will bring us to that place, uh, bring them to that place, Lord, of being hungry for you in the name of Jesus. If you have any questions about this, you can uh, come talk to me after the service. Uh, we do have healing team. Uh, a healing team. Uh, would the healing team come up?